personal foul, number 73. He was giving him the business. Why <laughs> up Radar. Rise up. Welcome to Rise Up Radar, where we keep the Falcons on your radar. Thank you for joining me, Stan Parker, for another episode. Let's have a ball and show. And we're back again with another episode. I got with me tonight, I've got Chris. How are you, man? I'm doing awesome, ready to talk some Falcons football on a Thursday night. That's what I'm talking about. Yep. A little uh, a little respite there, but we're, we are back in the saddle. Um, and, it's a, and it's a good week to be back in it because the Falcons straight up beat down the Vegas Raiders, rough, rough Raiders. And everybody on, in our group, I would just like to just up front, Zach, Todd, Chris, and Stan all took the Falcons losing to the Raiders because they, I would imagine they were, this team is such an enigma that we're just so disgusted about just laying an egg against, uh, against New Orleans that it's like, there's no way they're going to be – because the Raiders came in, what, six and – five and – oh, goodness, I wrote it down. They, they started the game six and four. They came in six and four. And the Falcons were three and seven or something. Like, it's like, oh, there's no way. And this happens. They get the, – the, the Falcons slap them around. I tell you, especially with the Raiders playing like they did against the Chiefs, yeah. You just could not see this coming. You couldn't mm-hmm. see it coming. Except it's such a Falcons thing. It oh, really yeah. Is. It's, a, it's a very Falcons thing to do. So, you know, the Falcons are in a real weird, like, spot. Because if you read articles, you'll see, like Todd was saying, uh, a couple uh, episodes back was saying – they're in the graphic of in the hunt. They're in the graphic of in hunt. But then you then you'll read an article, the exact the same next article of new draft orders, and the Falcons are picking ten. So they're like, they're in the weirdest spot of like if they lose a couple more, you hang it up. If they if they win a couple more, is they're in a very volatile little area right now of wins and losses. Yeah, but the problem is, and I. I, I texted you. Are you still there? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, the problem is, and I texted you, I think, during the game, we're going to be 6 and 10. <laughs> yeah. It's, you we know, winning, we, we, we'll win and then we'll lose. Then we'll win. We're on this. You, you can't put together anything, good or bad. Well, that's the thing. So the surprising thing is, is that I don't know about the surprising thing. Yeah, it's probably is the surprising thing. It's the defense with no personnel changes. I've said this before. No personnel changes other than, like, minor subtractions and injuries has been the same. But they're, like, top six unit with under Raheem Morris. Which is head, just head, – Under head coach, as a head coach. Talk about a head scratcher. That's just hard to – It's hard it's to, hard to wrap your – yeah, it's hard to wrap your mind around that. It really is. And then, but here's the thing, you know, I'm on, you know, I'm in a, 
Falcons Falcons forum, um, and people are calling for you know keep Raheem Morris, keep Raheem Morris, and or actually no, I want to take it back. There's they're calling for let's keep Jeff Ulbrich. Oh, he's been doing so good. Da 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 da. But it's like he has been around. He's been a linebacker coach forever. Like. Like the Jekyll and Hyde seasons of six and two down the stretch and one and five in the beginning of the season, that's all Jeff. Like so, like we come back to this again. It's like, is this enough? Is this if if the, like at what point in your mind does it take to be like, you know what, let's give uh, Raheem a shot at this? Because well, I feel like I'll... it changes for me every week. I think so. I was encouraged by what, and I didn't hear him say it. You guys told me when we were doing the podcast, what Blank said, he'd have to go 11 and 0. Right. <laughs> and I don't know how, I don't know if he was exaggerating to make a point or what, but uh, I, for me, the Falcons are so frustrating because the worst thing of all, I would rather have a good season and the wheels fall off at the end and it sting and you'd be mad because you had games that mattered and it was fun. The worst thing of all is when you lose a lot and you're out from the beginning and then you're stuck playing this game of, should we tank? Should we win games? It's just awful. So everybody associated with the regime at this point, I think, and I know I've said this, it needs to be a clean house, a totally clean sweep. And I I don't think there's anything that you can do now for me that would make me want to keep any of them. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I know we talked about on a previous episode as well as like we're naming uh, pro bowlers. And I think we left one off the list. I think because we, we said Ridley's got a chance of making the honors and Aluakun's got a chance yeah. of, of, but we forgot one. Young Way Koo. He is. Yes, that's right. I heard he's leading, isn't he? He is. They like the early votes. Yeah, he's leading the early votes. And he is taking over Rodrigo Blankenship's spot at the top of the, of, of the league uh, for, for being number one in scoring. He's hit 29, <laughs> uh, field, 29 field goals, and he's attempted 30. He's only missed one. Wow. So, <laughs> he got five. He got five this past Sunday. So that put him on top of the leaderboard there and might have cemented his name in the Pro Bowl hat. Um, if they, I mean, I guess they're just going to nominate him. I guess they're going to play Madden on for the Pro Bowl. But, uh, yeah, that's, that was a pretty surprising little tidbit there. Yeah. Um, and he's from uh, Georgia Southern. I didn't even realize that till this week. Yeah. I, I, you're telling me news now. I didn't know that. Yeah, Hale wow. Slaughter. Yeah, for sure. Wow, yeah. And um, uh, Who and would they, have ever thought a Georgia and Georgia Southern boy fighting for the NFL scoring lead? Isn't that something? <laughs> got hot rod Young Way Koo, man. That's crazy. Um, uh, what's, what was some other, like, surprising, I guess, things that just surprised you or stuck out to you against – the Raiders, like what was something that just jumped out to you at watching the game? Well, so obviously the the, the beatdown surprising, right. especially considering I I had kind of a high opinion of the Raiders. I like Derek Carr, and uh, all right, I, so I thought your prediction just for the people out there. Yeah. Chris's prediction was thirty eight twenty eight Raiders, or uh, yeah, thirty eight twenty eight Raiders. You were actually the club. I mean, I was thirty eight thirty one. So. 
uh, I don't know who, who technically would be closer, but yeah, you you definitely went went up there for the Raiders score. Yeah, and I you know it's crazy. So I, I was surprised by the score, but so here's the thing about about the score that's that's you got to look at. So it's the turnovers by the Raiders. So it's it's not exactly like we were shutting them down three and outs and getting them off the field. And I mean, that happened, I guess, but, but the turnovers are, when you have that many turnovers, you're going to lose usually ignore the Atlanta Falcons game against Dallas this year, but. I've repressed that usually, one. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I, I, I don't want to get too crazy and think, well, we're playoff bound now we're, we're, you know, we're rolling because of the nature of the Falcons and, and what happened, but I don't know. It's it, the whole thing's shocking. It's just yeah. shocking to me. Yeah, I think I think obviously the uh, the the turnovers, the opportunistic turnovers. I think that's where the Falcons play their best is when they're like opportunistic like that. Um, yeah. The, pre- the pressure, actually, like dialing up the pressure because they couldn't they couldn't muster any pressure. I mean, Taysom Hill stood back there and he didn't throw. He has yet to throw a touchdown. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, I will say this too, though. Saying that it's just because of turnovers sounds like you're not giving the defense credit. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Defense causes turnovers. I mean, they got to be there to jump on the ball. They got to make the interception. They got to return them. I mean, it's, so, so I mean, that's a, that is a very positive thing for our defense, which in turn makes you mad again because we're so inconsistent and it's just it's mind boggling to me. Yeah. Um, let's see, here are the here are the surprising defensive stats right here that kind of all like this all happened in one game five sacks five forced fumbles and a pick six all happened awesome all happened in one game and here's the other caveat all happened in a falcons game not against the falcons the falcons defense did all that in one game it's incredible it's crazy like that's that's that was a fun game and the best part best part but and a good part to see that the Falcons did not fall apart like with discipline because the Raiders started self started imploding. Yeah. They had eleven penalties by the end of it. And the mm-hmm. Falcons stayed at six. Now, I mean, Pip that's just an indication of frustration and all that stuff. So like the penalties and the there's a lot of things that happened that the Raiders like self-inflicted, which was good to see the Falcons avoid that. So uh, that was a surprise to me as well. So, and hey, your boy Edo Smith and Brian Hill work without Todd, work without Todd Gurley, yeah. and without Julio. This 43 points without Julio Jones and Todd Todd Brooks. I just I called him Todd Brooks. I am Todd. Shout out Todd. to you, brother. We miss you. Happy. Yeah. <laughs> They look they look the same. Um, how are how's it looking for them uh, Sunday? Uh, the Julio was still held out, but Todd I think is going to play. It's what I think I last read. So uh, I would, you know, I would definitely like to see Julio on the shelf for a little while. Um, and yeah. I'm either I'm really kind of indifferent if if Todd Gurley plays too. Um, it's not like you have a log jam at running back. Uh, you know, it's not like Todd Gurley's blocking anybody from, like, shining. But it's – and it's but it's also not like you're itching to get, you know, this well, guy on the field. So, I don't – I think I'm 
indifferent on whether or not Ty Gurley plays, but he does he does command respect out there, though. Well, there's two reasons. I mean, he's he's a touchdown machine in red zone. Yeah, and he's the sorry Miss Jackson starting running back. So, oh, there you go. I need him to play. Need him to play. <laughs> old, that old fantasy. Um, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, so I think I think uh, I think uh, Gurley will play, and then Hurst getting some more. He's still on the rise. They're continuing to use him correctly, or not correctly, but you know, get him some elevated touches there, and. Um, I think the last point I had was all this happened to a Raiders team that is in the playoff hunt. They beat the Chiefs. Like, this is the strangest part, like what you were just saying. It's like this is a quality opponent, and they came in here and smashed them. This usually happens to the Jets. Like, the Falcons could – well, actually, no. They usually play down to their opponents. But, you know, it's – just very rarely does this happen to a quality opponent. So, here – the. that's what's surprising to me as well. So I, I was, I was thinking about this win and it's like, you know, when you're, I'm like you and I go back and forth on what the strategy would be, what would be best to win or to lose. Cause at some point, you know, we're too far gone to really make a run for the playoffs, except for this expanded deal. I know there are probably some pathways, what have you, but um, I think there is a positive to it. There's a big positive to it. And the last time we got together, I think we talked about what are the most attractive job openings. And since we last had our podcast, Detroit, you know, fired Patricia and their GM. And they were talking on the radio about what do they do with Matt Stafford? It was the same conversation that we've been having with with Matt Ryan. I mean, it's the same one. They have a very similar franchise. I think the Vikings, Mm -hmm. the the Vikings – the Lions and the Falcons kind of have the same similar like yeah. team makeup, I think. Yeah, so 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 a win like this it showcases potential, and I think it makes the job. I mean, it, how can it not make it more attractive? Yeah, if you look at this, I mean, we're talking a top five offensive passing unit, and at since and since the Raheem Morris took over, we're talking about a f- top five defensive. Uh, you know, they're great on the run. I mean, they play, I mean, they're top 10 in run defense, passing defenses, dude. All right, pause right there. <coughs> I saw a another mock draft again this morning, and some guy that has never watched a game of the Falcons wrote the mock draft for the entire NFL, whatever, and they mocked a Doggone for pick number 10 for the Atlanta Falcons, another corner. <laughs> and I like to just throw my phone out the window. I was like, they dropped <laughs> another corner. Dude, I, I can my phone is gonna ring off the hook, brother. Like the, my, yeah, y'all boys are gonna yeah, it's gonna be we're gonna be getting on the airwaves, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, uh it better wow. not be no corner, but no. Oh my God. Um, so I like what I'm saying. The secondary has leaves a lot to be desired, but um, yeah. but the, the being attractive is having some pieces up front, having linebackers that are good, and uh, so yeah, Foyer is is a player. And yeah. Now hindsight is 2020, and you can't do this fairly 
but that we don't do this to be fair. We do this to be entertaining. But I mean, <laughs> think about it. Like Devondre Campbell, Foyer, and Deion Jones are the same, like same squad. It's like, you know, I Devondre Campbell costed too much money, but you know, uh, they had all three of them on the same team at one time. Well, yeah. Well, think about it. Right now, uh, linebackers a strength. Uh, you know, nose guard up in the middle is a strength. What would you say our biggest our biggest needs on defense are outside rushers? Yes. And it's not. Yes. So outside, probably outside rushers, and then secondary. Yeah, exactly what you said. But the biggest need is because you got guys that playing edge right now that you've never heard of, um, yeah. that the league's never heard of. Now. One of them recovered two fumbles this week. So, uh, <laughs> Jacob Teloti Mariner, uh, he recovered two fumbles this week. So, there you go. Uh, and he got his first career sack. So, he had a career day. But um, now, if he turns into somebody, they got him mic'd up. So, they might think he's going to be somebody. But you're um, really depleted in talent in. Uh, on the edge and the secondary yeah. i think you're just in the secondary in my opinion you're just fighting youth youth yeah yeah that which which that's where you don't want to get sucked into this idea of drafting a right high a cornerback because you just can't afford to do that it's not for sure you got to um, have them but they're not game changers for sure and so really. yeah i yeah i would definitely like to see uh, an edge rusher there, but all right. So those are my just kind of surprises. Those that are good. I really literally don't have anything bad to say. There's some stupid play calls, like, but there's that happens every game. We're pretty much immune to them this time. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I that was an awesome game. That goes in the that go. I've watched that. I didn't watch the full length game. I used to watch all the full length games again, but I watched the highlights again probably a couple times this week already. So it was a fun game to research. But now we get to turn the page. (laughs) And here come the nine and two Saints with a running back for the quarterback. So now we've said that before. We made fun of him before, and he shredded us. But he played against a really good Broncos secondary and could not figure it out. Threw a pick, threw for like 70-something yards, um, could, didn't throw a touchdown. He ran for two touchdowns, but he could not throw a touchdown. Obviously talking about Taysom Hill. And yeah. so what are the Fal- – like, so you get – what are the Falcons going to look like against Taysom Hill? So if you had asked me that before this past weekend, I would have said – I would have said this is a classic game where you lose – in New Orleans, and so you think they're going to kill us, and this is where the Falcons find a way to beat them. It's We've talked about it already. We're always splitting it with those guys, always. Yeah. And so I would have said, this is a classic game. They're 9-2. and two. They're going to come in here. We'll play great, and we'll beat them. It'll be a good game. And then they'll, they'll regroup and finish strong, and we'll go back to our losing ways. But then last week happened. Are we going to do it twice in a row? We can't. We never do it twice in a row. Two's a streak. <laughs> so, so that, that that has me so messed up, man. I have no idea what to expect. Yeah, that's uh. And so, as bad as they looked, here's the deal. Like that, 
that Raiders game really does throw a monkey wrench in you in your in your in your thought process there because they look so bad against the Raiders or against the Saints. Came back out, stomped on the Raiders, and now it's like they're like projecting the right way. And then the the Saints are winning still, but they didn't show you anything spectacular other than their ground game. I mean, with uh, they got it. The other little running back was I can't. The other little running back was good too. But yeah, the, their running attack has been top notch, top like top five, maybe even first so in the I, league. I have a question for you about yeah. the Saints, really about the NFL. I, I'm shocked by this. So obviously we're in new territory with COVID, right? You know, so everything's everything's kind of making up on the fly almost. They're having to deal with situations. So the Broncos situation with the quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. Playing that game is a real advantage to the Saints. What if we're in a close race trying to win NFC South and they let the Saints play that game? That would be totally unfair. And there are teams that are in a close race with the Saints. How can they allow that? I mean, you know, I don't know what the answer is, but that just seems crazy to me when they're postponing the Steelers and trying to make sure everybody can play and all that, and they let the Saints play. And more than that, they force the Broncos to play. I mean, that's just a brutal thing. Yeah, and I know you can blame their quarterbacks and all that, but still, that just seems inequality is going on there to me. Yeah, that's definitely favoritism uh, for sure. Like a money grab is my first blush. And in the way it just smells bad. It smells – it just does not pass the eye test. You got the sweetheart of – the Thursday night football game of Steelers-Ravens. It's always been a classic game. It's always been the moneymaker. It's always had great vision. It has, it's supposed to be on Thanksgiving. It's going to have all these independent, you know, eyes on it and make a lot of money, and it can't go on. They move it, they move it, they move it. And then the Broncos, here's the deal. The Broncos, I think two of the quarterbacks tested positive, I think. The rest of them didn't. They all negative. It was a punishment. No quarterbacks could play. Yeah. And so, That's like, all it was it was punishment. That doesn't that smell bad? Like, doesn't that just like a horrible look? So, I mean, I oh, think it's, it, it's clear. It's obvious. Yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 with you. Is that's a huge advantage for the Saints or whoever's playing the wounded quarterbackless team, then that's the most important. I mean, we're talking – if it was yeah. a defensive end, maybe a linebacker, I don't know. But, dude, the quarterback? It's unbelievable. Are they what, – what is the update on their quarterback situation? Oh, for the Broncos? Yeah. I, they signed uh, Pat Schumer's son from the Chiefs practice squad – and that's all I've heard so much. They had to go find somebody. Uh, I hear I hear a lot of people criticizing Drew Locke. Some some were even asking, can he be counted on as the quarterback of, for your team if you can't trust him to handle this situation? And I'm like, you guys are going a little overboard with this. The whole thing is new. And yeah. and I mean, you can't, come on, just come on. That's ridiculous yeah, it's ridiculous how he's got attacked for that. Yeah, I like and, Drew 
he well, and he play with a little swag. He he dances a little bit. He's got kind of that aloof personality, the cool guy hairdo and all that stuff. He's got swag. So what? Kick and throw. He can play. I mean, I don't know. I have less now when there's like a real character thing that they like bring up maybe, but I do I get less and less turned off of the gaslighting of did you see what this guy, you know, like just whenever they're trying to overhype a negative situation, it was like, all right, bro, calm down. You got COVID. Things happen. Yeah. I mean, that's, I know it now someone being aware that they have COVID and walking into the building and breathing in someone's mouth and licking other people's face. That's completely different than like, you got some yeah. somehow or another you ended up with it like you know what i'm saying so uh yeah i'm with you on that like just everybody cool it it happened let's let's, let's speaking, go speaking of making a big deal of behavior did you see what uh daniel jones did for the for the uh giants no he scored a touchdown and got he scored a he scored a touchdown and right dope for the corner right and got yeah. the high line got up in the cornerback's face. It was a cornerback that tried to hit him and got up in his face and threw the ball down, spiked it spinning at his feet. Oh, no. Yeah, that's – um. no, 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 no. You got it wrong. It's – sorry. Jones, it was – was it – uh Josh Allen. Uh, oh, yeah, Josh Allen. I don't know why yeah. I said Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones got hurt. Yeah. I don't know why I said him. Did you see what Allen did? Yeah. And, and what the coach said to him and the refs? <laughs> Personal foul, spinning the ball at another player. It was like – what? <laughs> that's a that's a new world. My favorite though, one of my favorite of all times is like 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 NFL oddities of like just odd things you're you're not used to hearing. You're like like what he's talking about, like spinning the ball at a player. It'll be tacked on first down. You're like that is something you never hear. There's a there's one particular play in NFL history. I'll have to send it to you off air. I'll text it to you. But it's the entire offensive line, uh, like false, had a false start. Yeah, Nobody was yeah. set, and it was like false start. The entire offensive line. <laughs> he, because, I've, heard, I've seen it <laughs> because he used the call at like sixty three. Like now he's like, and he didn't know what to do. It was like false start. The entire offensive line. <laughs> So, yeah, that's, that's funny. Like, not, not to go off on a tangent, but my favorite one of all time of that is the referee. I can't remember what game it was. It might have even been a college, but I think it was NFL. The referee says, personal foul, number 73. He was giving him the business. <laughs> he was giving him the business. Have you seen that? No. Send it to me. Hey, you you got to look at it. Hey, I'll look it up. Well, Dude. So funny. Yeah, I might take the cake right there. <laughs> he was giving him the business. Oh, yeah. Giving him the business. Well, the Falcons, the Falcons, I hope, give the Saints the business. I know. Well, but, uh, real quick on the Josh Allen thing. The yeah. coach talked to the referees. He said, he's a good kid. Well, I'll talk to him. So he goes and talks to him. He says, listen, Josh, he said, you just want you to know, you get another one of those, you're disqualified. He said, yes, sir. The coach walks away and he looks back. He says, but I like the swag. Yay. He liked it. 
Yeah. Edge, man. It's, yeah. Gotta have a little edge playing this game, man. He's a girl. Yes. Man. I love it. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. So, um, another thing that we haven't talked about, though, is what killed the Falcons last time against the Saints, going up to the Saints matchup this coming up Sunday. That what killed them last time was not the matchup between Taysom Hill and the secondary. I mean, it helped, but it wasn't that. It was Matt Ryan was getting bludgeoned all game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And here's the other, like, piece of that that I don't remember seeing any news today or any time that I'm pretty sure James Carpenter is out, the left guard. So, um, yeah. Oh, he's questionable with a groin. There we go. So he probably will play. Um, he's mm. questionable. Jones is questionable. Uh, uh, and Todd Gurley is questionable. A lot of other questionables, but but yeah, it's um that even with him healthy. I mean, obviously he was healthy last time. Uh, just a fully healthy line. It just did not work out. I don't know what it's all technique or getting beat or what, but they've got to scheme better to help these offensive linemen because they're going to come again. This is a very, very good Saints defense, and they don't get enough credit nationally for as good as, as they really are because I'm going to read you their stats right now. The Falcons or the Saints are defensively their first in total yards. They're only giving up 304 yards a game. They're fifth in passing yards. They're second in rushing yards. They're fifth in points and 11th on third down conversion. All that together, we're talking about a top five defensive unit, like just overall in the NFL. So, yeah, this is the even though Drew Brees is a Hall of Fame quarterback, he's they're they're making their their butter and their bread on defense. Well, you feel like against a team like this. Again, it goes back to what happened last week. You need turnovers, right? Yeah. And you, you turnovers can come in bunches. I mean, usually one season you'll have a lot of turnovers. You'll be real, you'll be plus whatever. And the next season might be different. So, if we can be opp- opportunistic and get their offense off the field, because we need a lot of chances in a short field where we're where we can do a little more things rather than you know being too predictable. But see. Who do we put our hope in on our offense? Dirt Cutter? I mean. No. I would rather, like, I, I don't know who. I would rather Greg Knapp call plays, but, you know, getting into a discussion with somebody the other day was like, is it beneficial for the Falcons right now to put take Dirt Cutter out and put someone else in? Like, is that worth Matt Ryan learning this and learning that or – just no, all like you know what I'm saying, like just I mean, so just leave him alone, but still, I don't, I do not trust him. Well, and to me, it's not even about play calling with this game as much as it is scheming ahead of time. Yes, what, what, what are you going to do different? And, and I guess we'll see. It's, it's pretty cool to play a team twice in three weeks, yep, because you it's all fresh on your mind, and, and um, we'll see what happens for but, sure, but uh. It's hard to be optimistic, and I, I, I'm, I'm an optimistic person, right? So mm-hmm. here's what I, 
here's what I say. If we win, we beat the Saints. It's always fun to beat the Saints. If we win, we win. If we lose better draft picks, we win. Right. That's the that's, that's, that's the how, best way that's to, how I have to look at it. That's the best pivot right there is it's it's a win no matter what. So which uh, and, and and when you say that about the Falcons, that means the season is a disaster. Oh because that's absolutely. not where you want to be. No, 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 no. That's right on the but line of like yeah, that's a terrible place to be. Um yeah, and just in comparatively speaking, defensively, so I read through the Saints' defensive rankings for the NFL. Let's read the Falcons' rankings for the NFL <laughs> overall for the year. Now, if you just take the last five, the Falcons are a lot better. But this is the uphill battle they've been fighting. 28th in total yards, giving up 407 yards a game. Mm. Passing yards, they're 31st. Yeah. Rushing yards, they're 6th right behind the Saints. And points allowed, they're 17th, a little better. And then third down percentage, they're seventh for some reason. Uh, you know, probably because they don't ever get to third down. But, you know, that's – That's a misleading stat. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. But, yeah, that's so right. we'll see. We'll see what it goes to uh, this weekend. And I'm excited for the game. I think it's always – I always like playing – and there for a while it was, like, so stressful that I was just like, dude. I can't handle these games. But now that I'm like, you know, it's more enjoyable to be like the jab, the the trash talking and all the whatever and people posting crazy stuff on, online and stuff. And I like it. It's fun. It's hate week again. And good old fashioned hate. Is that what the, yeah. Yeah. For, so, so the last, the last few years when we've beaten the saints and, and, you know, I said this, I feel like we had a better chance to beat Drew Brees in some ways than Taysom Hill. Uh, especially when I think about the ways we've beaten them when we have, we've gotten to Breeze. Right. We hit him and caused him to throw interceptions. And that's how we've beaten him. Well, Hill didn't throw the ball that much. So that strategy is not really what's going to be what does anything. He's going to be like so Tim Tebow back there, for real. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm sure they're going to focus on not turning it over and just running the ball yeah. and keeping us from doing much. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to get exotic on their defense because of the exact same thing you're saying. I think you're going to, they're going to lean on, they're going to try to score 17 points and they're going to, you know, they're, but they're going to lean on their defense and get, get creative against Matt Ryan. Offense. So if we could score early, it would change the, the whole dynamic of that game because they're not built to come from behind with a lot of points right now. Yeah. If we can get a hit early, which that's is what good. we were doing early in the year. That's what I was going to say. That That's good because the Falcons have a track record of actually doing that. Now, the fourth quarter of, of <laughs> keeping that lead is different, but getting out early has been a, a strong suit for the Falcons. And like you said, that if you're putting all the, the, the arm of Taysom Hill to get you back a couple scores, then, you know, it's going to be some tough sledding and a hope. You know, hopefully they'll they can take advantage of that matchup as well. All right. So, do you uh, think that the absence of fans completely takes away the normal Atlanta New Orleans advantages where you're playing? Um. <clears throat> yeah, a little bit because, like, so I mean, just a rompous, like, crazy Superdome away game. It's just so bananas. 
going to salad counts. So even when the Saints come here, when it's like crazy loud and yeah, the, the the team's getting booed off the bus, all that stuff. So yeah, I think it it definitely takes away some of the of the on field like actual advantage. Um, but like sitting at home in my underwear watching it, I think it's I think it's been great. I think we've talked about that before, but I don't like the, to me. The, the NFL hasn't lost any luster viewing wise other than I think college football to me has lost a little bit of its shine to me um, uh, more so than the NFL, but, um, but on, on field advantage. Yeah. I think it's, it's definitely taken a step back of not having the packed house and crazy. I'd agree with you that the college, cause college relies more on pageantry than the NFL does. Mm-hmm. And that's, what's been hit by all this, all the changes more so that's for sure yeah so what about you do you think the on-field advantage has, has has gone diminished a little bit um with these rivalry games it's more comfortable when you're at home you're not having to travel i'm sure uh but but as far as the momentum in the game yeah i think i think a lot of that's taken away and it, you get to see more of um well he, here's what here's what you lose when you're a cool cucumber under pressure and you can handle pressure, that gives you a huge advantage, especially versus a team that can't. Right. You get a guy like Taysom Hill, if he's coming into a place that's loud and the crazy, is- yeah, it'd be, it'd, it'd be much harder on him. It's hard to hear, hear and he's trying to do well. Now it's like a, it's almost – it's not that different than a scrimmage game that they would play as far mm-hmm. as what they're used to hearing. So, uh, yeah, I think it takes away the advantage significantly, but not not – not crazy about yeah for sure all right so i hope uh i think um even if i think if julio plays um i think it i hope matt ryan has a good game bounces back he hasn't had a, a good game uh didn't have a good game against the saints last time obviously he was on his back a lot of the time the offensive line didn't have a good game so i look like i look for matt ryan to bounce back get on track and have his standard 300-yard game, two touchdowns, no picks, just a solid game, and the Falcons' defense actually clamped down and, and exposed Taysom Hill and, and and stopped the running game, looked at that all year. So let's get let's get some uh, predictions before we, <laughs> we we jump out of here because this is going. I'm gonna write these down. So um, and I will. Uh, <laughs> this is gonna be a. This is gonna be. A, these are so hard. We have, listen. I've, we've done this all season, and I'm going to collect them. And I'm going to, um, at the end of the season, the last game of the season, I'm going to bring all the numbers together and see who was the closest and who got the most right. <laughs> it's not going to be very well, many of us. I feel like an idiot just before I – whatever I say, I feel like an idiot making this pick. Yeah, all right. So, I'm going to let you go first. Um, all right, I'm going to say – I'm going to say – Again, I feel like an idiot, and I'm just—I don't know. I'm going to say, Young Way Koo kicks a field goal to win 26-24. 26 24. 26 to 24, and that's Atlanta. Atlanta. I like it, Chris. Now, how much? Huh? How much of that decision? That prediction 
was influenced by this Raiders game. Without this Raiders, the Raiders game, game, the Raiders game makes me feel less confident. If if it weren't for the Raiders game and we had been kind of flat and gotten beaten, I'd be much more willing to pick this score the way I did. So I'm almost disregarding the Raiders game. Oh yeah, you don't. Like- I don't yeah, the Raiders game makes me gun shy because I don't I haven't seen the Falcons play two strong games in a row. And so uh but you know they're I don't know. I mean we played we just played them two games. It's hard to beat somebody two times in a row, probably in the NFL. You've seen what they're gonna do. Ryan played terrible, not just Ryan, but the offensive line. So you have to believe, like you said, that they're gonna fix that a little bit and do better. So um yeah, the Raiders game doesn't influence that much. That would make me more gun shy than normal. Yeah. All right. So my prediction is, um, like you said, I don't feel confident at all. One bit, I would not spend any money, y'all. And it, all you, uh, you gamblers out there, do not listen to us. They're, they're underdogs, but they're very slim underdogs for being such a disparaging. So. I don't remember what the line is, and I don't know where uh, where it is. But the Saints are nine and two, and the Falcons are four and seven, and the line is like two and a half. Like two and a half, yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know where it was, but yeah. So I'm gonna take. I'm gonna throw that out of the window. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go tw- twenty-eight to 17 enough to be comfortable uh for oh sorry falcons 28 17 falcons <laughs> sorry yes so i think um oh saying you know what the over under is what oh i don't even Everybody? know hey. 45 and a half and you yours is 45 points so you're taking the under by I'm half. taking the under by half you know what that's cool i'll, I'll do that I'll, i'm, I'm that makes me feel better yeah you want to go put some money down on it? Vegas knows what they're doing. No way. Yeah, they, well, they know how to make their money back, too. 28, uh, what did I say, 17? Yeah, 17. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll I will text uh, I'll text the boys before – I'll text Todd and Zach before the game starts and we'll get their prediction before. And uh, I'll record it all so we can get all these tallied up and see who wins. You go 28 points for Atlanta. That's 19 points better than last time. Yeah. And I, I picked 26, 24. So I have New Orleans scoring the same amount. The whole, the whole key, we both, the whole key for both of us is their offense. Yeah. Because Atlanta's offense. Yeah. Fixing have to get back on track. You have to get right back on track. have to get back on track. Um, and I think, I think they can. I think, I don't think they, I mean, obviously the Saints have a great defense, but I think the Falcons can can overcome that. So, all right, uh, Chris, uh, anything else you want to say to the people? Where where uh, the playoff race? I really, honestly, if I'm honest, I haven't looked at it last last few weeks. Where's New Orleans stand trying to fight for home field? Yeah, they're. I think they're. Le- I think they're like le- like have a commanding lead. Let me go look. I got you right here. Playoff pitcher in the NFC overall right here. We got um, – oh, wait, this is overall the league. No, nah, you want NFC. Playoff pitcher right here. 
Um, so if it started today, it would be, yeah, the first round buy would be the Saints. They're number one, nine and two. And the second would be, second place is the Seahawks. Number three is, uh, third place is th uh, the three seed, excuse me, Packers. Four seed is the Giants because they're a division winner. Yeah. And then six seed is the Bucks. Seven seed is the Cardinals. And then the fifth seed is the L.A. Rams. Yeah, so, so how, how far behind Seattle is, is New Orleans? A game? One game? Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. The Saints are nine and two. Seahawks are eight and three. So one game. So you know that gives the Saints motivation to stay where they are, of course. But the worst they could be is tied if we beat them. So right. you know they're always motivated to play the Falcons. Oh yeah, they always get up for this thing, man. What do they say, man? In a rival, throw out the record. Just throw out the get record. Just get it on, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. I I get them to cl clash and it's always yeah they always play up and they always get a little heated i like it so yeah me too all right man chris thank you for jumping on tonight with us man hey it's fun to get back to it brother yeah man we'll uh we'll do this again uh, next tuesday man let's do it if you like what you heard tonight go ahead and like us on facebook subscribe to us on twitter uh and follow us or subscribe to us on apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts these days and until next time falcons fans Rise up. <laughs>